I think because there's that culture of trying to build something really fast, grow really fast, we're overexerting ourselves and we're burning out instead of trying to build something at a slow and steady pace. And I think that's where the hustle mentality comes from. Try and be number one, try and be the biggest. I decided to, you know, slow it down, pace myself, think about what can work while I'm working in a full-time job. Yeah, so I think the narrative around side hustles actually needs to really change and move away from it being negative because the truth is if you have a dream idea that you really really think needs to be out in the world but you don't have the option of doing it full-time doing alongside your full-time job is a really a great option and it's a great option for you to move at a really nice pace. I'm Emile Willey, the founder of Espa.com, a thriving community that financially empowers women, author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich, and host of The Wallet. Today, I speak to Lisa Gabby, founder, entrepreneur, podcaster, and also the author of Side Hustle in Progress, a practical guide to kickstarting your business. As a prominent voice for the advancement of women's career, Liz is passionate about empowering women to create sustainable side hustles alongside their full-time jobs to help them build their dream lives. So today on The Wallet, we talk about three things. One, Liz shares her experience of running a side hustle alongside her full-time job, how to define your goals for your side gig, and Liz's advice for earning money on the side without burning out. Two, We are frequently bombarded with messages of success and the glamorization of overworking. So today we look at how to sustainably build a business that works for you and how we can move away from a toxic hustle culture. Three, as a self-professed serial saver, Liz discusses how she started to shift her mindset around money to enjoy spending, as well as starting her own investing journey. Hi, Liz. How are you today? Hi, Emily. I'm great. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you. So it's an exciting time for you because I'm interviewing you on the 17th of June, but this podcast is coming out on the 24th of June, which is your publication date for your for your first and new book, um, Side Hustle in Progress, a practical guide to kickstarting your business. I've read it. It's just fantastic. A great Bible for anyone who wanted to start a business, entrepreneurship. So I guess that's what we're going to be talking about today. But maybe for those who are listening who don't know you, don't know what you're doing what your previous side hustle was. Can you introduce yourself? Yes. So my name's Elizabeth Ogabi. I'm the founder of For Working Ladies, which is a platform I set up in 2016 to really to, um, support women who were building their careers and who wanted to start a business. Um, and since then, it has pivoted to focus more on people that want to start a side hustle. I'm a soon-to-be author with my book publishing next week, as you said. I'm also the co-founder of a new business that I'm starting called Lecor.com, which is focused on women within organizations. So it's focused on accelerating mid-level women into leadership positions. Um, and so that's a business that I'm launching further down the line. Um, but as you know, with business, you start the research from very early on. I'm also the host of a podcast. <laughs> totally forgot that. <laughs> You're also a full-time employee. What's your day job? <laughs> 
Yeah. So previously, I was the director of communications at um, one of the biggest advertising agencies. I actually just left last month. So my side hustle is now my full-time job. Amazing. <laughs> I have been working full-time and running my side hustle for about five years now. But I mean, between then and like from the beginning of my career, I've done a mixture of contracting, full-time, self-employed. But yeah, we're here now and hopefully, fingers crossed, here to stay. <laughs> yeah. And, and today we'll de deep dive into like, I think there's different pieces that I love in your journey. So of course, the side hustle, the book for working lady and I'm sure a lot of you listening know for working ladies or have maybe have been to your events or listen to your podcast but if we start with the book so this is like a quite a big book about entrepreneurship there's lots of interviews of you know women who have their own side hustle some of them also started working you know full-time for their for their businesses why did you decide to write this book and and what was the the, the process so it was 2018, I remember, my friend sent me a voice note yesterday and she said, Liz, you told me about this book idea in 2018 and here we are, 2021, it's going to be published. So that's when I actually wrote down the idea and I didn't really tell people. Um, I told her because she was considering moving to London. She was outside of London. She was considering moving to London to start a new job. And I just said to her that, you know, if you have an idea, write it down and just believe the vision. And so I had shared that idea with her. So I had started a few side hustles previously, but Full Working Ladies was the one that I really actually wanted to turn into a business. So when I had first started it, I didn't start it as a business. It was literally just a hobby because um, I had started another business, which was a, a communications agency and Full Working Ladies was actually on the side. But then I decided that I wanted to turn it into a full-time business. So I was doing a lot of research around media companies and I was learning so much. And I just thought to myself, there's so much outside of what I knew. How much do people actually know? And another thing was that I really wanted to encourage women to not really kind of treat their business as something small. And I think sometimes we fall into the habit of doing that because of imposter syndrome yeah. um, or some sense of, oh, I can't really be a CEO. So I kind of wanted to create a guidebook as to how you can make it happen, as to how you can actually really grow your business and why you can be a CEO if you choose to do so. So it was kind of just, you know, creating a practical guide something simple and something as well for the women in the community. Like I want to see more women start businesses. And I think sometimes the biggest thing that holds us back is the fact that we don't have the knowledge at our fingertips. For me, my vision really is to reach as many women as possible and um, hoping that the book can do that. Yeah. And it's also helping. I mean, as you say, like helping women sort of leveling up. So maybe, you know, the, the CEO of being, you know, driving change, doing all these things can mm -hmm. feel super intimidating. But what I liked about your book is that it's really down to earth. It's really starting with, okay, maybe just actually keep your job, keep your full-time job, but, you know, start yeah. on the side. You need a big vision, that's for sure. But the things you do, like yeah. you can overcome this imposter syndrome, you can overcome fears by doing these things. And you have lots of examples in the book on, you know, how you did it. And that resonated a lot with me, uh, you know, of the you yeah. know, Vespot early days, like you don't need to invest a lot of money. You don't need to raise money. You don't need to have this crazy idea, but just, yeah, be super passionate about it and, and then save some time. Then I think it's really impressive that you managed to do both at the same time, because I think this is... <laughs> 
this, you know, this is really hard. And it's also put a pressure on, on, on time. So for me, it's like trying to do things very quickly and stuff. And I guess once you have a full-time job, you have to be a lot more organized, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. think, think ahead, maybe plan. So for you, what is a side hustle and, and how do you make it successful from I mean maybe it's not going to be a success but how do you make it work what are the things you need to make it this like little magic thing on the side that will keep you like super engaged and that won't overwhelm you and replace your your job yeah for me side hustles for my my definition within my book is something more entrepreneurial as opposed to a hobby yeah um so it's a venture or an idea that you have that you one day could foresee being your full-time gig or maybe you would just like to keep it the side as an idea that is um, generating income for you. Um, in terms of it being a success, I think that because it's a side hustle, you do have to define what success looks like for you. But in terms of you know what generally just make a business a success is, I mean, the first thing is that knowing that people actually want the product or service. So is there a demand for it? And sometimes in the early days, you think, oh, no, there's no demand because you haven't actually told anyone. <laughs> so there can't be any demand yet. So it's like knowing that. There's... So talk about it. Go for it. <laughs> exactly. So knowing that there's demand. And then number two, I think one of the most important things is that knowing that you can actually run it sustainably alongside your full time role. And I think along the way, you will find how you can do that. In the beginning, you might not know how much you can take on. And then you realize, okay, I can't take on too much. So I'm going to cut this back. And that's what I did with Four Working Ladies. So previously we had the content website. And so I had writers and contributors. Um, and at one point, I think I was managing about um, 10 to 15 writers and it was just becoming way too much. So I scaled it all the way back and I would write articles every now and again. And then I'd have another person writing articles every now and again. And um, I think that learning was good for me because I would never know what I could manage. So along the way, you will find what is doable. And I think in order for it to be a success, you need to be able to balance it alongside your um, full-time job. Yeah. Um, so I think those two things are important. One, making sure that there's demand and two, making sure that it's sustainable alongside your full-time job. And I think the third thing is, Again, I mean, I mentioned this in the book about the vision, just kind of having a vision of where you want it to go, if you want it to remain as your side hustle, or if it's you actually want to leave your full-time job and make it your full-time gig. Did you tell your employer? Because that's a, a question I get very often is, you know, I've started doing this thing, but I didn't tell my employer, I'm sure they wouldn't like this because I'm doing something else. How do you approach this, this situation with, with your boss? It's interesting because I put for working ladies on my CV and I spoke about all the achievements, you know, the fact that when I was running it as a content website, you know, per month, we were getting 20K hits, that I knew how to do SEO, I knew how to do marketing. I spoke about a lot of things. It was a way for me to really sell my skills. And a lot of the time when I was going to the interviews, it was becoming the center of the conversation. How did you start that? So what did you do? How do you manage it? And at one point, someone did see it as a threat to my day job. She said, my thing is, you seem extremely passionate about your side hustle. How do I know that this isn't gonna take over your full-time job? And I was just like, it's not, <laughs> you know, really and truly, I think if an organization is not used to people having a side hustle, they might not be open to it. But um, where I've worked, they've been open to it. So the last place that I worked, I mean, 
we had people that had TV shows who were authors, who um, had side hustles, because it's the creative industry, right? So people had multiple projects going on. And so they saw that as a good thing, as an achievement. And they saw that as me being a self-starter. I mean, in terms of you telling your employer, I think it depends on the relationship you have and you have to really kind of be observant about how they feel about side projects. Mine knew way before I even started the job because like I said, it was on my CV. And if you do Google my name, it will come up as a result of um, me putting for working ladies out there. So it's not something that I could actually hide, but I made it clear that, you know, I've been doing comms for a while and I'm ready to get back into it as a full-time job. So, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer, to be honest with you, but do be observant, see if other people in the organization have side hustles, you know, have they been open about it? Can you attract more customers from your organization by, um, telling them I think there's no right or wrong answer just be observant and then know if you should go forth and tell them yeah in the book at the beginning you talk about having meeting with a coach I think it was like a life coach and and yes you were talking about you have to define your goals for yourself for your side hustles and of course we all have to do it <laughs> we don't all do it sometimes you know we, we we change our goals we change our mind we do different things but how do you actually prepare for a side hustle and and you know what is the type of organization you need to have in place when you start to work on this on this side project so with pia pia is a life coach and we had spoken about my life in general as opposed to just the business side. And I think it's important that you approach it holistically um, and think about what you want as a human, because that will then dictate what you want from your working life as well. And I knew that I didn't want to be working five days a week. (laughs) So we spoke about what I would like my future to be like. And when I sat down and wrote that down, I then decided that, okay, how can I cultivate a working life around that? Is this realistically going to happen in a full-time job or would this realistically happen by me running my own business? So there's first the vision for yourself and then there's the vision of everything else that needs to work around it. And so then that comes your side hustle or your job or figuring out which one of those it's going to be. I mean, what I loved about your book is that it's quite refreshing. It makes things easier you know, we understand how these things work, but often when we think about hustle, a side hustle, it can have a negative connotation. And at the moment, people have been like, stop the hustle. Like it's just, you know, burning you out, especially like post lockdown, you know, push yourself, like achieve your goal, but don't push yourself too far. And reading your book, there's, you know, it's not, it's a different hustle. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> building a business. It's, it's impactful. It's hard work, obviously. But how do you know your boundaries and that you don't, you don't go too far and you buy into this thing of, you know, um, like hustle, hustle, hustle? I mean, I was a bit anxious calling my book Side Hustle in Progress because I already knew that there was negative connotations around it. I'm really kind of hoping to change the narrative around the fact that you can build something without it having to be toxic. The reality is 
are that anything that you work hard for will come with a bit of stress at the end of the day. You know, even if you don't have a side hustle, your full-time job can bring you some stress. If you work as a full-time entrepreneur, that can bring you stress too. So there are some things in life that we can't avoid, but um, I do want to change the narrative around the fact that you can build a side hustle without it being toxic. In the book, I do mention the fact that, you know, you have to go through it in order to know what your boundaries are. So I do mention things like actually using certain days or times in your week to focus on your side hustle. It doesn't have to be every day. It's really down to you. If you can do two evenings a week and that seems sustainable and it's not necessarily burning you out, then go for two days a week. I think because there's that culture of trying to build something really fast, grow really fast, we're overexerting ourselves and we're burning out instead of trying to build something at a slow and steady pace. And I think that's where the hustle mentality comes from. Try and be number one, try and be the biggest, do this, do that. And so we burn out, but you don't have to run a business like that. There's no manual as to how you must do it. You can grow something slowly. And the benefit of being in your job while you're growing your business at the side is the fact that you're not reliant on the income at the side. So you do have the option of growing it slowly. And I think it's ego really that feeds into the be number one, go really fast, you know, um, that actually leads to burnout. And I don't think it has to. I decided to, you know, slow it down, pace myself, think about what can work while I'm working in a full-time job. Yeah, so I think the narrative around side hustles actually needs to really change and move away from it being negative. Because the truth is, if you have a dream idea that you really, really think needs to be out in the world, but you don't have the option of doing it full-time, doing alongside your full-time job is a really a great option. It's a great option for you to have income to fund that business idea. And it's a great option for you to move at a really nice pace. No, and I agree with you on the peer pressure and want it to grow very fast also because we are bombarded by, you know, messages of, you know, what is success? And you're right about defining success for yourself. What is success for you if you want to be like, you know, a superstar beyond the papers, giving interviews, raising, you know, hundreds of millions of pounds? Maybe it's a different story from, you know, making sure that yeah. in five years time you can actually live from your business, take days off whenever you want, raise your family. I mean, wh whatever it is. And, and in the book, there's a very good quote that says, be obsessed with your customer more than your competitor. Yeah. And I think that illustrates this. So it's trying to go inwards rather than always listening to the news, the noise around you. But it's, it's quite hard to do in practice because you see your competitors and if you're building a side hustle and, and then if next door you have someone who left their job, raised a lot of money, are going to grow much faster. How do you ignore this and really focus on you know, your community, providing the best for them and growing your, your business? I personally think that someone can have the same product as you and you can still be very different in positioning yourself as a brand. So, you know, there can be two drink brands. There can be one that speaks to a particular market and another that speaks to a different market. Maybe it speaks more to um, me. I don't know. Maybe there's Ribena and there's Coca-Cola. And, you know, there could be two lipstick brands. We like options. So sometimes I don't necessarily think that someone doing the same thing as you is a big threat. Yeah. You could use that as an opportunity to inspire yourself But most importantly, I think competition isn't bad at the end of the it's day. It's good. I think it's good for also business. Could, yeah. yeah, it's very good. And it can lead you to be more 
innovative and more creative as well. When you see that there's someone doing the same thing, it it causes you to dig deeper to think, how can we do this differently? We don't necessarily have to do this the same way. Maybe we should become a subscription model instead of just selling product per product um, to customers. So it causes you to think deeper. But then again, I would also say, go back to what your customers want. You know, how do they appreciate you speaking to them? Um, build deeper relationships with them and then try to build out your brand. Competition will always be there. There's absolutely no way you can get rid of competition. But if you think too much and stay focused on competition, what happens is that you lose focus of what you're building because you're so concerned with, with what someone else is building. And that could also lead to you duplicating what they're building because you're so concerned with them. This is so right. And then you just forget about, you know, your own mission. And, and, and it's hard because you're comparing. I mean, it's yeah. a bit like Instagram. And your own vision. Yeah, and your own vision. You're right. And you're comparing yourself, like what you know about your business, you know, all the challenges, the successes with something you just see in the news or you see on Instagram. So you can't also compare like the, these two things. But it's quite hard when you head down and working on, uh, on your business. I mean, you definitely have to be intentional about it. You know, you you definitely have to say, okay, I know there's competition out there, but I'm going to stay focused on my vision. Um, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to look about how we can do things differently, how we can stand out. And sometimes it might even be using your personality to sell Mm -hmm. your brand, um, which makes a big difference as well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's difficult, but I definitely think it's something that we, if, if we're intentional about it, we can overlook. Yeah. And um, so launching your your side hustle can be about the money. Um, you know, that can be one of the reasons you want some. And I know in the Vespot community, that's a discussion we often have. Women are like, okay, I, I am a bit tight on, you know, money with my full-time job. I need a side hustle so I can invest this money or I can, you know, you know have extra cash to, to, to do other things. Mm. What are some of the reasons people launch side hustles maybe apart from money because after we will deep dive a bit more in the topic of of money yeah obviously i wrote this book mainly for the women in the fwl community and when i was doing my research what i found is that people want to create an opportunity or a business that can give them flexibility especially mothers but nowadays it's not even just mothers it's young people they want to be able to control their time work from where they want to work so i think money because you want to create the life that you want to live. It comes back to the flexibility and to the vision that you have for your life. And then there's also the passion maybe about the product or the service. The fact that you think that, you know, it's going to change the world. Everyone thinks that about the idea, to be honest. So there's that that can drive you as well. But um, what I see as one of the top two things is money and being able to create that flexibility around your life. And I think those two actually feed into one another. And I see those as like the top two. Yeah. So I, I was actually about to ask you, what is money for you? <laughs> so I guess it's yeah. you know, flexibility, freedom, but may, I'm sure you can tell me a bit more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely a tool. I see money as a tool, a tool to create the life that I want. I think coming out of the pandemic, the number one thing for me is to live a stress-free life. And I read this article that said, oh, women's um, ambitions are changing. They want to travel the world. They want to more with their kids and I'm like guys it takes money to do that so in as much as we don't want to you know climb up the career ladder anymore we have to think of a way that you can make money so that you can live that life so for me money is a tool and it creates access 
and it's power really and it helps create change some of the big ideas that i have that could be impactful the reality is that it takes money to do that and for you your side hustle so which was i mean maybe you can tell me was did you start it because it was a passion project or you always knew like you know, in, in five years time or in three years time, that will just replace my job. And actually that will be, yeah, my, my income or like one of my like main income streams. So I had left my, so I was working at an investment bank previously, and then I left that to start a communications agency. And then alongside that, I also started for working ladies. But the reason why I started it was because I was writing for another career platform and they were focusing on particular careers that looked very fancy, like fashion and PR and a particular type of woman. And I said to them, guys, I think we, we could make this a bit more diverse. And I think we should be realistic with the opportunities that are out there. This was like 2016. So I think back then in terms of career content, it wasn't very diverse. And when I mean diverse, I mean, in, in terms of the types of women that you profile, in terms of the careers, talking about tech, talking about engineering. And so when I told them about this, they, they just didn't respond. So I was just like, do you know what? I can actually start my own. I've had like five blogs previously. You know, this is nothing new to me. It's just that with this one, I need writers. So I contacted about 20 different women on LinkedIn. I just typed in writer and then clicked on people who were either studying communications or had writer in their bio. And I said, hey, this is what I'm building. It's for women. We're going to cover these type of topics. Would you like to write? And they crazily all agreed. <laughs> so before we launched the website, I had about 40 articles ready. And so they hadn't even seen the website. They all just agreed. <laughs> they loved the vision, which let me know that, okay, I'm onto something here. If people want to write around these particular topics and they believe in the vision and they've not even seen a website, that means that something could happen. Yeah. So I just started creating the content for women and showcasing different types of women from different backgrounds, different careers. And then I didn't know about the business of media and content. I think it was still growing back then, to be honest. Yeah. What we knew about was the traditional media companies like the Telegraph, the Sun, the Daily Mail, but the digital ones, I didn't really know about it. And the fact that you can create content in different ways, such as podcasts and newsletters. So I was still learning all of this. And then I found out and I was like, oh, this could actually become a business because the brand approached me and then said that, They'd like to write an article for the website and they'd like to pay me. And it was a couple of thousands. And I was like, oh my God, if I got like yeah. five of those a month, <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> and then I launched our first event and that sold out and people loved it. So I was just like, I would one day like this to be my full-time business. Um, one is creating great impact. And two, I could hire women. Three, I could make a good income from doing good things. Why not? So I didn't actually decide that from the beginning because I didn't know that it could become a business. But about two to three years in, I did. But I wish I knew from the beginning because I definitely would have done things different. But I'm glad for the learnings anyway, to be honest. And how, so you had a, you know, transition now, having left, you know, your full-time job and now focusing on your, on your two side hustles, plus your book uh, and all these like different yeah. activities. I'm sure you're thinking about like your personal finances and how you, how you manage your money. Can you tell us a little bit more about how do you organize your finances or how you do your, some sort of planning for yourself? So I'm a big saver. 
I save. I think at one point it, my saving was getting a bit toxic, to be honest. And I was just like, Liz, you need to enjoy the money that you work for. Yeah. You can't constantly be saving, saving, saving. You need to enjoy it. But it's tricky, you know, it's it's a big uh, change of, of habit if you're not used to. I mean, it, yeah. you, we can have two extremes, but if you're not used to spend money, Wow, it's a, it's a massive change. It's it's very different. And the good thing is that my partner is the extreme opposite of me. He sees something, he likes it, he buys it. There's no question about it. You know, uh, whereas I'm the extreme, it takes me about three months to think about if I really want that item. So I think it's good that we're together because we have different <laughs> different money habits and we help each other balance it out. But um, yeah, I'm an extreme saver. But I think... At the beginning of this year, I said to myself, I want to grow my money. So I started learning about the um, stock market and I started investing and I saw some good returns. But investing takes a long time, especially if you're investing directly into single stocks. But that's where I am in terms of that. Yeah, I think I'm I'm a good saver. I don't think I'm bad with money. <laughs> I like to th yeah, I don't think, I think I'm more focused on it right now, just kind of growing it. Before I left my um, full-time role, I saved enough. I think ahead as to what can sustain me until then. And then I also do take into consideration that I live with my partner and I don't cover all the bills. So that is something for people to think about as well. You know, what's your situation um, and who can you Um, share the load with. Yeah, I, I love how you, you talk about you and your partner having very different maybe relationship with money or maybe, you know, the way you, you spend money. Is it something you you discuss and you're quite open about? Oh, yes. We discuss it all the time. You can just imagine my reaction. Oh, my God, you bought that. Yeah. Oh, my God, another item. You can just imagine. But of course, he, you know, freedom is a is a grown man. So but We both learn from one another. And he has also taught me that Liz, you know, when I finished writing my book and he was like, buy yourself a nice gift. Yeah. And I bought myself a nice expensive gift. And he was like, yeah, enjoy your money. Don't, <laughs> you know, feel guilty about spending it. I know we have these big plans and we're saving towards them. And so now what we've decided to do is, well, we've had this before, but have monthly goals of the minimum that we save and um, everything else we can decide to spend or keep but um, as long as we're meeting our monthly targets then it's all good yeah and um, so so you've decided to sort of save money before quitting your job and then you know going full-time working on your side hustle or you know on your on your business I love also the interview you have of Nicole Crenshill of you know Black Girl Festival yes. in your book and she talks about launching her business and then it just worked and and you know without raising any funding the business started to take off and but she, she's very open about reinvesting in the business always so at which point I mean I know it's not financial advice and and the money is not the only part but obviously to run your business full-time from a side hustle you will need money so at which point do you decide, okay, I'm ready? Because there's always going to be some some risk, you know, doing it. So how can you judge, you know, when, when is the right time to do it? There are so many different options, to be honest, because I wouldn't necessarily say if you don't have a lot of savings, you shouldn't leap forward. So if you do have a ton of savings that can cover you in case things don't work out, great. But the question is, if you were to do your side hustle full time, which requires 
you know, which is giving your side hustle more time, would that generate more income for you? So I guess you have to kind of do some sort of financial planning and figure out what the changes would be and how the increases would be if you were working full time. It's risky. And the reality is that business is risky. There has to be context really and truly. So there's no right or wrong answer here. Um, I would definitely advise having some money to support you. But again, you should really kind of foresee what could happen in the future if you do put your time into this based on what's happened in the past. So if you know that, let's say, for example, you sell online courses, but you used to put in five hours a week in selling it, getting on Instagram, selling it. And let's say you now have 20 hours to get on Instagram and sell it. You should see an increase by at least times four in your sales. But again, that is risky. That's kind of like the formula that I'm using or that could be used to tell the truth. You've got to give to get. So yeah, I think it's case by case, but I would definitely say have some savings that you can lean on in the past. Some people risk it all and jump in there, but <laughs> I'm not that girl. <laughs> no, and, and even if, you know, launching a business, like the fact of launching a business itself is not costly at the moment because you can, you know, just create your own website, write your own articles, even launching a podcast, like it can, yeah. it can cost nothing. So there's some like tweeting and, and being on Instagram and posting stuff and using Canva and all these great platforms. There's so many things you can do for free, actually, to just get started on the side. But what about you at, at your stage now? Do you invest in your business? So are you putting more of your own money or, or just like reinvesting the proceeds and also do you invest in yourself I know you had a you know life coach before do you still do this with with your money yes yeah, so I'm investing in hiring a part-time person a content and social person or maybe a VA I'm yeah. looking at both options I think in order for me to um, sustainably run this and to not burn out and to really not lose my mind <laughs> I do need support So I am investing in that. And some people see as, oh, why invest in that and lose my money? Well, the reality is that is how you create boundaries. That is how you manage your mental health. And also the truth is that if if, if they spend the time focusing on the things that they need to focus on and you can focus on actually bringing more money into the business, then there's a good balance. Because if I'm worrying about social media and sending out emails and all those things, then I have less time to actually think strategically um, and to do the other stuff that I need to do. But um, I also do work with an agent as well. And they do help me as well manage like speaking gigs and workshops and brand partnerships. So that is another layer of support if I'm being transparent. Yeah, so... That's how it's working for me. Yeah. In terms of investing in myself, I do pay for therapy and coaching. Great investment. It is a lot of pressure. And <laughs> with the book coming out, a bit of therapy was needed. <laughs> of course, we were talking about that offline, but, um, you know, we'll support you because writing a book, it's, it's tough. It's a long process. And yeah. It didn't take you so much time. Do you know what? When you've been through something... It's literally, I think for me, it was about talking about the full life circle of what I've been through and then just kind of adding more detail. That's what it was. So it took about four to five months. I think if I had more time, 
I would have done more in-depth research. But then I wonder if it would have been a practical guide. It might have been a bit too thick. (laughs) So I kind of like it where it is. It's a great book. (laughs) Thank you. I have three quick fire questions for you. What is the best financial decision you've ever made? Oh, gosh. I would say a life coach. Yeah, yeah I would say investing in life. I, I know a lot of people don't like coaches right now. <laughs> but I would say if you find the right coach, the, fight, the right person that can help you get clarity and can guide you and support you, it, it is a life changer in um, kind of finding direction and vision for your life. So I would say a life coach is... Yeah, the most recent thing that's been the best investment for me. And the worst financial decision? I think not investing early enough. Just letting my money sit down there and not grow. I wish I knew more about this. I mean, I knew about the stock market and I kind of, I wish I was investing in individual stocks earlier. Once you learn something, you realize it's not as hard as you think it is. So I kind of wish I gained more knowledge about that earlier. I don't know if that's a bad financial decision or maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's always good to start early, but it's good to start. So, you know, well done yeah. for doing yeah. it today. And what are the things you spend the most money on at the moment? Now that you're becoming a slightly bigger spender. Oh, gosh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that just, I spent the most money on. <laughs> so it was the gift that I bought for myself last, actually. So it was, yeah after I finished writing my book, that was the most expensive thing. And that was the bag. Yeah. <laughs> so it was quite expensive. Do you feel good about it? I do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I don't really buy myself stuff that much. So it was nice to gift myself something. I worked really hard. So yeah, I deserved, well deserved. it. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to share or to recommend with anyone listening to to this episode? Do join Emily's workshops. It is great (laughs) to invest, ladies. Learn, 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 learn. It's not as hard as you think it would be. So if you learn it as soon as possible, you can be a great investor. Yeah. That's the only takeaway. Emily did not pay me to say this. (laughs) But in return, you have to get Liz's book. So it's out today, Side Hustle in Progress, yes. a practical guide to kickstarting your business. We are not in lockdown, but we're still like super restricted. So I guess you can't have like this massive book launch and everything. So please support yeah. online, order, read the book. It's such a good Bible to just keep and you don't need to read it in one go. Pick up one chapter you're building your business so it's you know it's a, it's a long it's a long journey and this will be your companion along the way and then we follow you on instagram edita beso gabby for working ladies and i will add all the links in the in the show notes so we can find you there fantastic thank you so much for having me it's been an honor to be on your show thank you so much and happy publication day thank you Thank you so much for joining me today on The Wallet. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please do share with a friend or on social media. It also takes two minutes to leave a review or rating on Apple Podcast. And this does really help. Thank you and chat to you next week.